Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. And uh, on tonight's show, we have such a wide variety of um, topics to discuss. And it's a, it's a great, great time of the year to be talking about goal setting. Steve, can I ask you, um, when you heard we were talking about goal setting on the show tonight, and we were actually talking about it in relation to mental health, did you connect it, the two automatically? I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I have a I have a strange relationship with uh, with goal setting um, because I I can see it can direct people and propel them forwards, but I also see that it can box people in and it can put blinkers on to, to and you end up missing other opportunities. So I was I was interested to see how the two things would connect in a in a positive way. And I was the same when I first heard goal setting, mental health, really in the same sentence. I was kind of thinking, how how do they how do they connect? But we're going to really get into the subject in depth tonight with um, Debbie Roberts. And um, locally, Debbie is really, really well known for, wear, for wearing many, many hats. I'll just go through a few of them now. She's uh, she works for Youth Connections Hertfordshire. She's the CEO of the wonderful Ollie Foundation that we all know and love. And um, she is also an author in her own right and is one of the top people, the top person for TOC applications in the UK. But we'll get into a little bit more detail with Debbie about exactly what that is in a while. But Tuesday was Suicide Prevention Day, you know, Steve. And I think it's a topic no parent wants to think about. And we certainly aren't ready to discuss it with our children because I think most of us think if we don't discuss about it, discuss it, nothing's going to happen, you know. But I think it is, um, and talking to Debbie, it is vital to understand and reflect on some of the factors that are related to suicide. And um, some of the facts out there are 50% of youth suicide has nothing to do with mental health, but is more related to emotional overload. I was astonished when I when I heard that, that, right. that there was something um, so fundamental to, to how children perceive the world in terms of their emotions that it could lead to, to thoughts of, of suicide and... and desperation yeah very very upsetting but um but at the same time it means there it's a subject that's a little bit more manageable than parents might have originally thought so what we're going to do is we're going to speak to debbie um about how to help children with an approach whereby they can learn the skills to plan and achieve goals so that when they're older and when they become more competent that they can actually become more solution focused adolescents or adults who are able to find solutions and positive solutions to problems or issues that they uh, are confronted with during their lives which they inevitably will and the sooner they learn these skills I would imagine the better. So we're going to get into a little bit more detail about the link between goal setting, mental health and um, and content children with Debbie in just a few minutes. And later on in the show, we have a fantastic young man who's going to be joining us all the way from Harvard. 
if you don't mind. So we're going to have Yosef Bakshi, a young Cardiff boy, man I should say, who's in his first semester at Harvard University and will be joining us live from the campus. And the reason why we've invited Yosef is because (coughs) we want to give you a concrete example of how goal setting earned him a scholarship. Exactly. The, the, The doubts that I expressed earlier on about whether goal setting can act as blinkers blown away with this story of Youssef which is which is so fantastic so heartwarming I can't wait to speak to him yeah he's a, a really fantastic young man so we'll be speaking to him about halfway through the show but first up um, a really really warm welcome to Debbie Roberts who is you're almost a regular on the show Debbie hello good evening and- Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I just want to give our listeners a little bit of a rundown. So Debbie specialises in young people's emotional well-being and mental health and emotional literacy. I love that word, emotional literacy, and in educational settings specifically. And she's worked in education and health for over 25 years and is one of the world's leading experts in TOC applications for behaviour. She's published uh, a book on the subject called Storytelling for Better Behaviour and she's CEO of the Ollie Foundation, a local youth uh, suicide prevention charity in St Albans. And Debbie Debbie works for Youth Connections Hertfordshire as a project officer and um, she oversees their youth health champions course as well as the empathy project so i have to give everybody all the details debbie <laughs> so so let's talk to us about tuesday it was suicide world suicide prevention day not just a local issue talk to us about the importance of it debbie well it's important for so many reasons but i think for myself and for the ollie foundation it it, it sort of uh, focuses our attention it's sort of an exclamation mark and a, a call to arms and it reminds us all that our communities and communities across the world are impacted by suicide and sadly many of those communities are seeing rising numbers so this day as i say it's a focus point it can bring us together and consolidate our efforts and for Ollie we actually ran a community event um, with Metro Bank and kick off at three here in St Albans we we had a lovely evening um, and we were able to share lots of news Um, we were able to talk to people about our new corporate program and uh, we've introduced that because we spend so much time giving our training away to doctors and nurses and teachers Um, and then also we launched the Brett movement Um, this is a campaign in memory of a lovely man uh, called Brett and uh, it aims to train barbers to tourists personal trainers and and if we can taxi drivers cafe owners and staff um, in suicide prevention and how do how did they react to that well everybody thinks it's an amazing idea for the simple fact that for maybe 10-15 minutes uh, most men are are going to be in contact with their barber or their tattooist or their personal trainer and in some communities people are getting you know the guys are getting their hair done every week or their head shaved every week every two weeks and and, and they have a relationship with that barber so what an amazing opportunity for to f- fine-tune the radar um, of those barbers so that they can notice and we don't want to burden them with any responsibility other than to notice and then signpost them to the help that they can get Parents and and carers are are terrified of this topic. Is is it best not to discuss it? And and if not, why not? 
So this is actually a really difficult question. Um, it depends on so many factors. How many people you're talking to, um, the child's age or the children's age, and the purpose of your talk. Do they actually have a connection to someone bereaved by suicide? Or is it you simply want to talk to them about the consequences and the ramifications of, of that act? Um, and, you know, like you might talking to them about drugs or binge drinking. We, we know for sure that asking a direct question um, about suicidal thinking to someone who we're really concerned about is, is nearly always hands down the best advice. But we're also beginning to see academic circles raising concerns about the general discussion that goes on. So for instance at Ollie we, we've just made a decision that if we're asked to come into a school to do an assembly or a class talk um, and if, if the prompt has been um, around self-harm or suicidal talk uh, we won't actually address that directly but we'll talk about lots of things to do with resilience and well-being um, so for us that that's really important so so what's the best strategy in terms of talking about mental health well there are so many different ways we can go about this and what will work for you uh, won't necessarily be right for lydia or myself so as adults i thought it might be interesting if we could uh, agree maybe three different frames of res reference um, and if we agree that and we have it in our core of our being then it should permeate across all our parenting so the first one is we all acknowledge that we have physical health absolutely and yeah and we all catch colds right no matter how healthy we are um, some of us have chronic conditions um, we live with them and we get on with things and sadly some people sometimes develop life-threatening illnesses well, in just the same way, we all have mental health, and it can be great, but we can also have blips and chronic conditions that we live with, and tragically, sometimes those conditions can become mental illnesses and they can be life-threatening. So I think if we can agree as parents that we can teach our kids how to look after their teeth, how to floss, how to look after a graze, what to do when they get the flu, and... Um, of course, for those young children that have long-term conditions, diabetes or asthma or, heaven forbid, a terminal condition, we, we, you know, we have a vague idea what to do. But let's teach them then what they can do if they get sad or jealous or broken-hearted or were to develop a mental illness. Everybody has mental health. It's just we don't all develop mental illnesses. And that's so important to say, isn't it, Debbie? Because even the word is stigmatised. Like mental health is a positively it's an absolute mainstream word now isn't it you know it just means taking care of your head yeah really, doesn't it yeah and, and there's a cycle here as well you you liken it to you know teaching kids to how to look after their teeth a graze of we know that because we were taught by our parents how to how to do that and uh, now we're trying to break that cycle and introduce a new area of of concern which is the uh the, the mental health and perhaps some parents don't feel quite equipped to be able to handle that conversation i think one of the issues might be that we have forgotten the importance of our emotions um so when i'm teaching students i i remind them that Boats and planes, they use radar systems to warn them of danger in their path so they can reroute and circumnavigate and avoid disaster. But we have 
brilliantly our own inbuilt radar system and that's our emotions they're there to guide us and let us know of anything on our horizon that could cause us a problem but because we misunderstand their role, we tend to pursue the ones that make us feel great and hide or ignore the ones that don't make us feel so good. And of course, it's those ones that make us feel pretty lousy um, that let us know something's wrong. And the thing that could be wrong could be external, like a friend who's been really mean and hurt us. Or it could be internal, for instance, the way we perceive a friend's behaviour, which causes us to get upset about something we imagine to be rather than actually is. So whether it's internal or external, it's still a situation that needs to be addressed. And if we ignore our feelings, then we're also ignoring the opportunity that's being presented to us, an opportunity to redirect our route and avoid disaster. And finally, the other thing that I'd, I'd like to share with parents, people live with mental health illnesses and flourish. Mm -hmm. They have partners, they get married, they have children, they're, they're successful in their careers. Just like people with diabetes and asthma and, and other conditions do too. Of course we can have flare-ups and we need to manage them and sometimes it's not as great as others. But, um, you know, we shouldn't be afraid like we have been in the past and i wanted to recommend to your listeners um two talks that i really love that are on ted talks one's by susan david it's called the gift of emotional courage and then the second one is christian veeb who, who whose talk is called too crazy to fail and really really interesting talks i think your listeners will enjoy them great we'll get them flagged up on our on our facebook page but what debbie tell us what if ch children are just trucking along fine, no issues, no stress. Is there anything parents can be doing, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis to prepare for bumps on the road? You know, my two top universal tips, I think I've said this before, um, just let them know how much they're loved, number one. You know, it, that is such a solid foundation and the wind can blow pretty hard before they get knocked down um, when their feet are really grounded that way. And I would suggest and my experience has been supporting their critical thinking can really help so they're able to quickly predict the what ifs the consequences of their decisions and understand needs behind wants but also to plan how to achieve their goal which in my world means surfacing and acknowledging the real obstacles they face so that they can create realistic plans to get around them and prevent those obstacles from reaching their goals. So it's a little bit of risk assessment, a little bit of planning, looking ahead. And what kind of questions could parents be asking to kind of elicit those response? Or will we come to that later on? Well, depending on their age. So one of the things that uh, I used to do with my own children was I love to read them stories at night. And I'm sure most of your listeners do the same thing with their little children. But I would snap the book shut. Um, at a pivotal moment and I would ask them what do you think happens next what should she do or what do you think the wolf does and I'd get them to think about oh uh, okay and try and solve the problem for themselves and you know what it doesn't matter what they say or don't say because your response is always okay let's see what happened and you know it's really interesting because sometimes <laughs> they rewrite the story you know and uh, the big bad wolf lives happily ever after along with Red Riding Hood brilliant that's that's such a practical and useful tip for parents and um and what 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 kind of bumps can 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 be ahead of children oh my gosh absolutely everything isn't <laughs> that's out there really managing first love 
banter, which actually feels a bit more like bullying, the things that we all worry about, online grooming, parents splitting up. It's really how long is a piece of string, I think, with that one. But you know what? We can't mitigate for every possible bump. So if they can predict, plan and understand the differences between needs and wants, they are so much better placed to deal with what life throws at them. And if they know from their core that they're loved and valued, that really creates some mighty strong armour. Brilliant, brilliant. Now this, now we get on to the goal setting stuff because this is, this is the nuts and bolts, isn't it? Can you explain how goal setting can be used as a tool to stop children feeling overwhelmed and explain how it works for our listeners please. Okay so uh, the process we use at the Ollie Foundation comes from a business tool actually known as TOC which stands for the theory of constraints and you don't ever have to think about that again. Um, It's a formulaic process with several stages and the reason it can be used for our problems as well as our happy long-term big goals is that it can it helps the person clarify what they actually want and then explore why they don't have it yet and what they can do to change that. So let's imagine a child's feeling really anxious all all the time and their anxiety is stopping them going to school or conspired to make each day at school utterly draining. We might first agree how they would prefer to feel or what they would like to be able to do instead. So let's say in this case an anxious child said that their goal was to feel calm at school The next step in the process would be to help the child think through all the reasons that currently prevent them feeling calm. So we create a list of all the things they don't have or they have too much of or the things they worry about. Anything they can think of that causes them to feel anxious. And I know know at first it sounds counterintuitive to focus on all the things that are stopping us from achieving our goal. Um, But, you know, if we shy away from what's really preventing us... And and sometimes it can be ourselves, our procrastination or our fear of something, then um, we can find our plans don't go so well. I could imagine. Actually, it it makes sense because if you actually verbalise the things that you think are stopping you, sometimes when you verbalise them or write write them down, they mightn't be as bad as you think Mm -hmm. they are. Mm -hmm. They might be worse in your head. And that's why we find this process so effective because often when someone is feeling really anxious... All those small things have conspired to create this huge weight. When we break it down into bit by bit, you know, all the little things that are bothering them, for a lot of kids they say, oh, it suddenly feels, you know, like I can manage it. They're bite-sized things rather than all of them together. It's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. And and maybe a a, a bit like how long is a piece of string, because all children develop at different ages, but is there an optimal age to be talking to children in this way about goal, about goal settings and, um, and, and listing the issues that, that, uh, that address their problem? Uh, I've done this with children in nursery. Uh, I've done it uh, personally. I have a lovely story of a six-year-old who, um, she didn't have any problems, but actually when she thought about it, she realised she never finished her lunch and she realized you know i was speaking earlier about predicting consequences well one of the things that she realized a consequence of her not finishing lunch was that when she came home from school she was pretty grumpy (laughs) and her mum usually had a pretty rough time of it for the first hour or so um so she saw the consequences of her behavior and then she looked at well why why am i hungry why am i not finishing my lunch 
And what she found was that because mummy loved her so much and because this little girl loved dried mango, every day in her lunchbox would be some pieces of dried mango. And because the little girl loved it so much, she'd start the dried mango first and it's very chewy. <laughs> and she wouldn't get it finished in time to eat the rest of her lunch and then she'd be back in class. Yeah. But she'd never really worked this out. She was six years old. She was yeah. just eating what she loved in her lunchbox. But she managed to work out, you know, she, her goal was to have a lovely afternoon with her mum. And she worked out the reason she wasn't. And then it came from her. She loved the dried mango, but she told her mum, do not put that in my lunchbox anymore. Save it for tea time. Yeah. That's the other great thing about this. It's, um, it's non-confrontational, but the young person has ownership of the solution because they've worked mm. it out for themselves. So paint a picture. You're... you're Tell us about how this will work about working through the steps. So is it mean, does it mean sitting down with a piece of paper with your child and asking It certainly questions? can do, but you know what? You could also just, once you understand the process, you just talk it through. So what does the process look like? Well, first of all, it's deciding what your goal is. Now, when I'm teaching this to students, uh, and, and the students I work tend to be teenagers, uh, I ask them not to um, limit themselves because I tell them you're going to be working hard to achieve this goal. So let's not make it mediocre. You know, let's really we want to get to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, it's not just we want to get to university. I want to get to Harvard. Let's be clear on the direction because actually there are different obstacles to getting to Harvard as there would be to getting maybe somewhere else. A few more, I'd imagine. Maybe, maybe. Um, so first of all, we clarify what our goal is. Then we consider all the things that are getting in our way. We call them our obstacles. So, as I said before, what we don't have, what we have too much of. And maybe we might look at um, those things that we don't really want people to know. I remember one young girl who was working towards her A-levels and uh, her problem was procrastination. Um, and the way she liked to procrastinate was with Instagram. In the end, we changed her goal because I just couldn't see her getting past this this she just loved instagram so i said you know what this isn't your goal you don't want to go to university you want to be the queen of instagram luckily for me actually that broke her mm -hmm. what she was thinking and she was like no you know what i really do want to go to university so <laughs> we're gonna ditch the instagram <laughs> or at least not be on it all day long i bet her parents are forever grateful to you <laughs> <laughs> well she worked it out herself in the end and um, so yeah we look at all our obstacles, um, then we take each one and we imagine what would it be like if that obstacle was no longer an issue? What would, what would we have or how would the world seem to us? So in a way, um, we're sort of flipping it around. So for instance, I want to go travelling around Europe. One of my obstacles is I have no money. So I might um, imagine if that was no longer a problem, I could verbalise it in the way uh, I have all the money I need to travel around Europe. So we do that for each one of our obstacles and the next step is the work. Now we have to think, okay, I've got all the money I need, how do I do that? Just like the kid who worked out why she was hangry at 3.30 in the afternoon, um, she worked out what she had to do to not argue with her mum every afternoon. So I need all this money to travel around Europe what are the things I need to do? Get my CV, get it up to date, go and see various businesses, um, 
you just make a long list of them. Now, I suggest you put them on post-it notes, especially if you're writing it down, because you'll probably have a small piece of paper and you might have 25 actions and uh, you can just pile them up on top of each other the next step is you take all those post-it notes and you can put them down on a desk on the wall on your window wherever you like but you take the first one doesn't matter which one it is pop it down take the next one and in relation to the first one does it need to happen first or second brilliant or is it not connected to at all can it happen at any time and you just go through them all until you have this like roadway on your window which when you follow it all you'll reach your goal. Fantastic. And and I'm cheating a little bit because I've actually tried this out on my <laughs> very non-compliant 10-year-old son who who suddenly felt very unwell every Wednesday, just happened to coincide with swimming. And it was such, it was such a chore. But I listened to Debbie and, and I thought... He's the child this will never work on. I know it. There's no point in doing this. But I, I, there's no way I w- would start by sitting down and asking him. So it was side to side, walk along the road. And I go, so um, so where are you going with swimming then? And he just went, well, I don't know. What do you mean? I said, do, do you want to be a good swimmer? And he was like, yeah, everybody wants to be a good swimmer. Of course, I want to be a good swimmer. And I was like, right, well, how do you think you're going to get there? Just copying everything Debbie told me to do. And he went, well, I need to practice more and I need to uh, slow down and work on my stroke a little bit better. I couldn't believe those words came out of his mouth. And I was, when I was trying to hide my shock that he'd actually <laughs> responded in, in such a way. Then he, we discovered that there was an app at the swimming club that details exactly what he's supposed to be doing. And it's the box that the swim instructor is ticking. So that became the goal right. it saved us writing it down amazing so he would literally before he'd get into the pool the moaning stopped first then the second thing because suddenly that he was in control of the situation yeah. yeah so what seems to be really good about this is that the children are solving it themselves they're not being told by their parents this Absolutely. is what you have to do yeah. and they must get you know the children of this age want to be independent they're growing independent and the ability to solve their own problems is something which well as well as being uh, 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 with them for life it's something which will give them immense satisfaction that they can do these things solve these problems i think so and you know if we go back to what we started with which was talking about suicide you know suicide is a solution to a problem it's a hideous awful terrible solution um and i think i was just giving my second talk of the day with a parent who had lost a child to suicide and it just hit me if we could teach our kids how to solve their problems, how to consider what their obstacles are and find solutions for them, then maybe we're going to reduce the amount of kids that feel they have no other choice um, but to end their life. Yeah, Abs- in the extreme situation yeah. and even on, a, on an everyday level, everybody's experienced that feeling of being overwhelmed. You just don't know where to start, you know, at, at all age groups, really. Oh, yeah. and And being able to just have a tool that makes you stop and think where am i going how am i going to get there what's going to stop me and how am i going to get there it's it's It's, and i'll just share with your uh, listeners that there is a science behind goal setting and we now know for sure i mean there's so much data that shows uh when you write your goals down it makes a difference if you place them somewhere where you're going to see them regularly so if it's next to your bed or on your bathroom cabinet wherever it is 
that action um, prompts you and it, it reminds you each day. So it just finds... Okay. I don't know what it is with me and radars right now, but it fine-tunes your radar so that if an opportunity comes up that day, you're much more likely to notice it. Brilliant. Yeah, it just, and it, it, makes, it makes sense. And it takes a little bit of practice, right, Debbie? People aren't probably going to get the hang of it overnight. You know, it seems counterintuitive to start with your obstacles because we always want to be happy and positive. But this isn't a shopping list. You know, if it was easy to do, we would have done it. So let's be honest and acknowledge what's stopping us right now. Uh, and then we've got a much better chance of achieving what we want to do. Brilliant. Now, can I ask you about resources? We're going to, in just a few minutes, go and speak to Yusuf in Harvard. And then we'll come back to you at the end of the show, Debbie. But just talk to us a little bit about the resources out there. Absolutely. So um, locally, uh, there are a couple of organisations that run goal-setting workshops. Um, Ollie certainly does. I have my book, which is Storytelling for Better Behaviour. I think it's about £37 on Amazon, so like, who's going to buy that? Um, it was really written for teachers. It's a year's worth of lesson plans. But, you know, if you're the kind of parent that loves to do things with your kids at home and you have that time, it, it would be great and perfect for home educators. Um, we have a hundred kids versions, um, actually, sorry, let me start that again. Ollie has a kids version book, um, and you can buy these for £15, but we've actually donated one to uh, the parent show. So what we thought was the first listener who typed in goal setting onto your Facebook page would win it. Brilliant. So the first person to type... Uh, goal setting into the Radio Verulam or uh, Radio Verulam or Parents Show? Oh, the Parents Show. Parents Show. Radio Verulam Parents Show Facebook page. So uh, you might have to give away two copies now, Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to. The more people that do this, the better it is. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Debbie, thanks so much. You're going nowhere, by the way. And we'll just take a mini break and come back to speak to uh, a wonderful young man called Yosef Bakshi. And he is from Cardiff, has just started his first semester in, in Harvard University. And we're very much looking forward to talking to him in just a few minutes. Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. Warm welcome back to the Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elcoury. And I'm Steve Simpson, and I'm sorry, we were continuing our discussion there, so we might have talked over the mic. I had up. to tell them to stop talking. <laughs> they, were, they were so engrossed in the conversation. Really fascinating. Absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to speaking to our next guest too. So we have Yosef Bakshi, a young man from Cardiff, who's just started his first semester at Harvard University, and will be joining us live from the campus right now. Hi, Yosef. Hmm. I hope he's joining us from the campus. Is he there? Oh, I think we might. Ah, the call ended. Let's try again. We'll talk to Joseph in just in just a second. Um, but he is a young man who has started in Harvard University. Ah, there we go. That sounds like he's just about to join us. Um, yeah, and so as I was saying at the beginning of the show, the, uh, the, the, this seems like an extremely positive example of how goal setting can lead to um, actually achieving those goals Absolutely. in a very positive way. Yosef, are you there? Yeah. 
Oh. I am here. Can you hear me? We can now. We can. Sorry, Hi, we, had, we lost awesome. you there for a second. <laughs> you're very warm welcome on the parents show. And you're calling us live from from the campus in Harvard. I am indeed. Yes. That, how's, how's, how are you settling in? Um, it's been amazing so far. I've made so many great friends. There's been loads of opportunities, a lot of reading and homework, but it's all manageable. But I'm slowly getting the used to the college life and I'm having a really great time so far. I've got, yeah, great roommates, great sweet mates. And how long have you actually been there? Oh, so I've been here now for three weeks, I think it is. Three weeks, you think it is. That sounds like a very exciting three weeks. (laughs) It's all merged into one day, really. It all just feels like an amazing Day. Fantastic. As you know, we're speaking on the show tonight about uh, about goal setting. Yeah, so can yeah. you tell us the whole story about going to Harvard, how it became your goal, how old were you, and how did you decide on this as a goal? Yeah, so I've always had an interest for America ever since I was six years old and watched Barack Obama's inauguration as president of the USA. And oh, you're really making then, us feel old now, Yusuf. Yeah. <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever since then, I was so fascinated by the culture of the USA. And I remember saying, I want to go to America every single year of my life. I had the American flag in my room and I was just set on going to America. And my mum told me, in order to do that, you need to work hard and do well in school. So I just persisted in school, knowing that I can achieve this big dream of mine. It was in a far distance, but I could still feel like I could achieve it. And um, after my GCSEs, one of my teachers gave me a poster with a study in the USA flyer. And I stuck that in my room. And every day I wake up, I just see it. And I was like, I need to do that. I need to study in the USA. So after the help of loads of people, friends, family, teachers, I managed to have this goal in mind and achieve it. And here I am. That's it's so fantastic. And you actually got a scholarship to to study in America. Isn't that right, Joseph? Yes, I did. So, um, yeah, so Harvard offers aid scholarships for anybody who comes from the US, uh, comes from the UK or internationally, if they need the money to uh, um, to go there, because it can be very expensive. That's something that people get scared about when they think of American education. It's going to be like super expensive but it really isn't because they give you aid to help you go to the university because they want the best and brightest minds and the best people to go there so they would pay you to go attend their classes which i find absolutely amazing and i'm so thankful for it so to us it it sounds exceptional to to be there so you, you you've had this goal and and it's a goal which not very many other people would have had it sounds extremely exceptional is it rare or have you found other people from the UK and from Britain there as well, with people who shared your goal? Wow, so um, it, 13% of my incoming class, the class I'm in, 2023, are international and around 30, 25 to 30 students are from the UK. And um, so there's four of us from this program called the Sutton Trust US program, which helps uh, low-income first-generation students attend American universities by giving us advice, mentoring and tutoring where other people would pay for private tutors which wouldn't be available to us. So it, it gives us a level, level playing field. So right now I think there are many pupils from private schools here but also now we've got a steady income of uh, state school pupils attending 
uh, Ivy League universities and American universities in general, which I find absolutely amazing with the help of such charity programs and stuff. So, so you're in a, a very small group of people who've managed to achieve this. Let's, let's wind back a little bit to you've, yeah. you've put the goal out there on the table. I want to go to university in, in America. Yeah. What was the reaction of, of the people around you? Were they supportive or did they try and point you in a direction <laughs> less challenging? Yes. Yeah, so when I told my mum and dad that I want to go to America for university, they were all for it. So we went to a school, to our school's higher education fair, and I remember telling my assistant head teacher, I want to go to America. And I just remember the stunned face she had that day <laughs> because it's something she has never heard before. But I remember the words she said afterwards, whatever you do, we will help you get there. And my school had been with me all the way. They attended so many lectures, ad advice, advising sessions, and they did everything they could possibly do for me to help me achieve this dream that has never been done before in my school. And it worked out. And I'm just so grateful for them and everybody who helped me as well. So, so you're being very charitable there in, in saying that you've got the support from your parents and you got the support from the school. But, but I don't think it would have happened, surely, if it hadn't <laughs> been for yourself and the things that you did. What, what did you do to achieve yes. your goal? And what did you put in place to make sure you, you got there? So... Um, it was a very big goal and I knew that I knew that this just was unattainable at one point but I put my head down I remember for my GCSE years I was like reach for the stars land on the moon so mm -hmm. I did as best as I could in all of my classes to make sure that whatever happened I would be happy where I was and luckily it all worked out I had the motivation, dedication to persevere through the rough times at my schoolwork. Um, it did come at a cost for a bit of social life, but that doesn't matter now because I've achieved my dream. And mm -hmm. I still had really good friends helping me around. I had my bestest friends by my side helping me with my application essays. And I just can't find the people enough. And yeah, it was a lot of perseverance and that, that fantastic and i i know every mom and dad listening in is going to be thinking we bottle it we've got a bottle whatever yusuf has and i wish my <laughs> son and daughter was that clear about how to achieve could you give our parents a couple of pointers about how they can help their children to be you know to be happy about setting these kind of achievements or to go about setting such a such a fantastic achievement of course, don't force your wishes on your child. Let your child do whatever they want. Let them dream big and don't let anyone else make them think it's impossible because anything is possible for your child. And I remember my parents, they had so many people saying, oh, that's never going to happen. It's uh, stop, stop thinking too big. And I remember my mum was like, don't listen to them. You can do this. It's your dream, not theirs. You can just achieve whatever you want and she'll be behind you. So as long as you're as long as the parents are behind the child in everything they do, anything is possible. That's wonderful. And what what do you think the secret ingredient is, Yosef? Wow, okay. The secret ingredient. They, ooh, okay. So the secret ingredient, I'd say, is just keeping your head down in school, listening to all the advice people give you, but making your own opinion and for, um, forming your sense of where you want to be, where you fit, and achieving that goal you have in mind. Putting a post in your room saying, this is my dream, 
I will do whatever I want. I will do whatever I can to get where I want. And I, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to play that on loop for my son when he's go- when he's in his GCSEs. Just be warned. Can I? Do we have the copyright to do that, please? <laughs> of course. <laughs> and listen, did you manage to maintain hobbies or interests outside studies? That's the, that's the burning question. One hundred percent. Really, you have you have to have your hobbies to give you a bit of a social life and keep you sane. Really, don't keep thinking academic, academic, academic. You have to have the chance to go outside or do whatever you like because you still need to keep your quality of life really high you need to be happy with whatever you do and I remember just doing all my going out with my friends to the park or doing whatever I can that makes me feel happy because you need to stay level-headed you need to make sure that your academic doesn't academic lifestyle doesn't get too much um, yeah, so. <laughs> so in, in the first part of our show, we were talking about how goal setting can get you round the bumps in the road, which inevitably come your way. Were, were there times yeah. when you you felt, oh, do you know what? I'm I'm not I'm I'm weakening a little bit. Maybe there's another alternative, an easier way to to go about it. Were the things that got in your way, and how did you uh, how did you overcome those those issues? Of course, I remember there were many a times during. Uh, revision for my exams that I just was procrastinating loads and I was like I I can't do this it's just impossible it's never gonna happen why am I thinking like this why am I thinking too big and then I remember with my I didn't quite get the AS results that I wanted and I just remember feeling down that whole day just feeling like my dreams are crushed and everything I worked towards just wasn't attainable because I feel like I messed up and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that is not the case. You've just got to persevere through everything that happens. You've got, to make sh- you've got to make sure that you can see the light through the end of the tunnel because every day has its ups and downs, but you always look up for the ups because once you hit rock bottom, the only way you're going is going up. So you just got to keep thinking there's always a better day coming next and always working hard to achieve what you always want to do. Lovely, lovely sentiments, Yosef. Now, I know that, I mean, getting to Harvard isn't the only, you know, success you've had, you, you've achieved. You've achieved a, a couple along the way and even <laughs> since getting the, getting the Harvard um, place. Tell, tell us a little bit about other achievements you've re- managed. Yes. So um, after I got into Harvard, I entered this t-shirt design competition for my entire class who um for harvard and whoever wins it all their, their design gets printed on all the t-shirts that get given to all the first just to the university and i won it somehow <laughs> <laughs> and it was just an amazing experience seeing so many people in this new community of mine wearing t-shirts that i designed walking around and it it was just it was just felt so surreal and after that i secured a job on campus because they uh, with harvard because they were so impressed of the t-shirt design Fantastic. they were like we want you to continue designing merch for our official merchandise shop so i've been with them since june now working hard creating t-shirts hoodies hats caps whatever you can think of for harvard and it's just been absolutely amazing so since yeah. since well the age done. of six, you've been uh, working on this goal, and now you've you've achieved it. What's next? <laughs> what what's your next goal that you're setting for yourself, or are you just saying I'm going to 
I'm going to live with this one for a little bit longer. I always, I thought about that a few nights ago. I was like, I've just achieved my childhood dream. What do I do now? <laughs> it's, it's not something that you can, you think of every day that actually happens, but I fought long and hard about this and I don't yet know what my next big when you dream do work it out is. could you let us know on the show because i want to put some money on you achieving it in the very short <laughs> space of time <laughs> of course of course of course fantastic yeah. Yosef, it is such a pleasure to hear the positivity so and inspiring and yeah and and the resilience and tenacity and everything and and we're all like so so pleased for you that you, you got ex- you know got exactly what you wanted and more and a job mm. at harvard at the same time you, you've kind of topped it in fact but um um you know really really well done and maybe you'll come back and talk to us in a couple of years about uh, any of the top tips about goal setting is there anybody you want to give a shout out to who's listening yes. in yes i just want to say to all the children listening to this including my cousins Layla and sophia you can achieve whatever you put your mind to you are so great you will do so well in life just work hard keep focused and you will be up in the stars and we'll all be watching you doing such great things we're, we're, you're going to have us all in tears, Yosef. Stop. You should see us all in the studio. We're all welling up. That is beautiful. And we wish you only, only the very, very best. Thank you very much. Thanks for Thanks joining you, us. Thank you for having me on. Take care. See you. So there we go. That was Yosef Bakshi joining us from Harvard wow. campus. What a, what a fantastic young How man. How single-minded right? must he have been yeah. from the age of six? And there must have been many people trying to divert him from that goal and he's just persevered and he's got there yeah absolutely yeah. bottling it that's the that's the secret mm. if goal setting doesn't work <laughs> no that's terrible debbie i'd love to hear um your thoughts about the, the steps and the progress this validates everything that you've been talking about i think oh you know the thing that came to mind apart from what a lovely young man was uh, a phrase I'm sure some of your listeners have heard, good luck is opportunity meeting preparation. <laughs> he was prepared. You know, he said, I did my GCSEs, I put everything into it. Um, and he was reaching for the stars, but he was happy to land on the moon. And that's just what he did. He, well, he overshot the moon, didn't he? <laughs> he kind of did. <laughs> he kind of did. He kind of did. But what I noticed he talked about was um, what we know from the science he spoke to his friends he had a goal he was clear what it was he was really specific um and he had support he spoke to his friends his school his parents and they were there for him and he spoke regularly about it um i know it you know not everything is going to work for everyone but he agreed that for him having his goal where he could see it reminded him and kept his focus i'm sure you know there are parties there are all sorts of things like oh do i do that or do i stay home and finish this paper um but he reminded himself why he needed to do that um and you know what i loved most of all was that growth mindset anything is possible he just he, you can hear he doesn't even contemplate the fact that failure is an option it's just not in his world and even i think he doesn't see bumps as failures they're, they're that's the growth mindset yeah. it's a learning so what if you have that mindset whatever happens you win because i either learn yeah or i move forward well i move forward no matter what mm. yeah mm. so 
Yeah, it's amazing. Fantastic. It's so refreshing to hear a young man like that. So, so driven. But wonderful that the Sutton Trust provides opportunities like that. I had no idea, I have to say, but it's... And you know, another way that um, our young people can go over to the States, if that's their dream, um, sports uh, scholarships, and there are a lot of sports scholarships, and for girls as well, it's a little easier because there seems to be fewer girls going for them. So if that's your dream... It's attainable. It is attainable. Great. We're going to take a mini, mini break and uh, come back uh, to our listeners in just, just a second. A very apt song, not not quite California, let's say US streaming. Close enough. Close enough. It's it's the best I could do. So we have a winner for our competition um, for a copy of your book, Debbie, of, of the book. The uh, children's the, book. The children's yes. book they gave. So Caroline Cartwright, congratulations. Uh, you are the winner. And Amazing. We'll, we'll be in touch to get it sent out to you as, as soon as possible. So well done. That was a very swift response indeed. So um, we're we're winding up to the end of the show, uh, Steve. I, I'd love to hear y- your before and after. So you, let's face it, you were a tad cynical at the start of the show. Uh, uh, cynical is probably too strong a word. Yeah. I just um, skeptical. Skeptical. I would go as far as skeptical. And and we were having a discussion at uh, at halftime, as you heard the tail end yeah. of. And um, I was uh, having heard now somebody who has sat down with a real problem and dealt with it in that way in a real example and hearing the joy in his voice having achieved what he wanted to do I think I'm a little less cynical I I will say that I'm a little less cynical and certainly much less skeptical oh I'm feeling a little bit inspired I have to say because it's I mean it's it's so simple I mean I know it's not simple to do it perfectly each time but you know there are a few basics in there that any parent can just grab, right? Yeah, and number one was believing in him. Yeah. Just, you can do it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know what? I remember when my kids were tiny, I was uh, fussing over my daughter. We were, we were at the ice skating rink, and I'd put the little toddler's ice, his shoes on, his, uh, what are they called, skates, mm-hmm. and then I turned to the slightly older one to put on her skates, and I turned around, the younger one had gone. And where is he? Well, he was twirling around the ice rink because no one told him he couldn't. (laughs) He didn't know. He didn't know how to skate. So he just went and did it. You know, um, it's not for me to speak on on his behalf, but, you know, he just believed in himself. Mm. Uh, And and that's Mm. so important. Mm. Absolutely. And could you just recap, just for parents who just go, tell me again, what are the steps? Just in one minute, if you can, Debbie. Check you've got the right goal yeah then think about all the things that are getting in your way so we're going to make a list of obstacles what's stopping us right now because if we could have done it we would have done it so there must be some things getting in our way then imagine what it would be like if each one of those obstacles no longer existed how would you describe it so for instance uh like i said before if i wanted to travel and i needed money then my i might describe it as i have all the money i need to travel the the next stage is to work out all the steps i'm going to have to take to get that money um and when i've come up with all my uh solutions uh, for all those little goal uh, little uh they were obstacles they're now short term goals uh I put them all out and I plan and I see are any are they independent or are they dependent on each other? Do some have 
to happen before or after others just follow that plan fantastic put them in a sequence put them in a sequence and follow it and you know what don't worry if you need to add or if you go off route slightly that's all fine brilliant that's great valuable i hope um i'm sure this podcast will be extremely popular when it gets out there so debbie roberts thanks a million as always for joining us on the parents show and thanks to yosef bakshi um for joining us from harvard and julie dean on production and steve thank you very much too have a lovely evening